Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Cody Smith, founder of Virtuous Fitness and Virtuous Grappling. Each week, we bring you new episodes focusing on fitness, nutrition, grappling, personal development, business, and much more. It's my mission to give you the information and tools you need to optimize your life through our Create Yourself mindset. If you enjoy this show, be sure to give it a rating and review on whatever platform you use, and be sure to click the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. All right, so I've decided that tonight and anytime in the near future, anytime somebody asks you about what happened to your chest, I'm going to tell them something obnoxious. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> so, earlier. Uh, so you guys, um, first and foremost, welcome to the Virtuous Coach Podcast. I'm joined um, by uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Keegan Worthington. He, Worthington. he is all things media for the Virtuous Gym here. And um, I thought it would be a great idea to have him on the show and to kind of introduce him to you guys, but he actually is battling. Well, Keegan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Okay. So he is battling a tragic chest rib. Like, do we do we still not know what it is? Uh, I mean, I got only shrugged shoulders from everyone I've talked to about it. Like, <laughs> you go, you sit in a waiting room for two hours, you yeah. see the doctor, and they give you shrugged shoulders. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The x-ray says it doesn't look like there's anything there yeah yet he's walking around in pain and what <laughs> like i said what i've decided to do is just tell the most obnoxious story so earlier in my story was that he had gotten in a, so he had recently went hunting and uh he had actually found himself in a situation where he had to fist fight a bear and yeah. for a second i think travis almost believed me because he was like no you went hunting <laughs> <laughs> i'm like do i look like i hunt <laughs> yeah dude yeah yeah orange hat camoed out you know what i mean um no it was okay. just justin just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is kind of the same thing. Um, yeah, so I thought I wanted to bring Keegan on the show just to to talk about his role a little bit, and then Keegan and I always have these great conversations where we're we're like ranting about jujitsu, and I'm always like, oh man, we should record a podcast. Oh, we should record a podcast. So um, I'm hoping that the podcast will bring the best out of us here, and we'll kind of get into one of those rants. But uh, mainly, Keegan, I want to talk about talk about you first, and kind of your like the way you have found yourself to where you are, right? Because you know you. Went to school, we're going to school, came into the gym. Like, I want to know, I've actually never heard your side of, like, your introduction into, like, coming into this thing. So, first and foremost, um, tell the people, like, who you are in a nutshell. Like, what what caused the sequence of events to, like, bring you into this gym and, you know, ultimately, like, land you where you are right now? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll try to keep it short. I mean, I... I've always been really into uh, filmmaking, and even as a kid, like I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, so at like 16, they uh, they offered programs at my school that were all. What about, school did you go to? Uh, Kingston. I oh, went okay. to uh, Kingston High School. I didn't realize you were like from this area. Like oh yeah, born and raised here. Um, yeah, never really grew up anywhere else. Just this is all I ever knew was if, within like 20 miles. Born in Seattle, you know. Stuck here. <laughs> just stuck here. And I honestly, which isn't so bad. No, I, 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 I kind of like it. I mean, some people I feel like can get like stuck or they feel like they get stuck and they feel like they have to move somewhere to do something. And I don't know, I've saw a lot of people in my life do that. And every time they left, they always told me they regretted it. And like the reason things weren't working where they were at mm -hmm. was, was themselves. It was internal. So grass, so grass is actually not green on the other no, side. No, no. And I, I felt like I could, I can make it work somewhere else. Yeah. Or like... I, I could make it work anywhere, but it just has to start with you first, right? So going off on kind of a tangent, but I've always really liked it here. I love the weather. I know everyone hates the weather in Washington. But yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, started filmmaking here, um, and I started just, like, because I had a real passion for it. Um, and then I, I went to college, uh, OC here, the, uh, the community college for it as well. Worked on my, like, four-year degree there. And while I was working on it, I started training jujitsu. I just walked in and started training jujitsu and then uh you know uh i started training jujitsu and then you came up to me and were like hey uh i heard you do this media stuff <laughs> you're like nudge yeah. me you're like yeah. hey you want to do this and but i was in school at the time and i didn't want it and i'll be honest with you like sure. i had actually been falling out of love with it mm -hmm. while i was in school and i didn't even know if it's what i wanted to continue doing sure because uh there were personalities i ran into at, in film programs and in the video programs that I was just like, I don't, these are not the type of people I want to work with in the sure. future. Like I'd worked at other jobs and like more blue collar-ish kind of jobs. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not saying filmmaking isn't that, but like, and there's 
not really it's the art it's like there's an artistic quality to it so you have people that don't really i don't want to call the artists not wanting to work but there's a difference yeah like there's systems in place and other works and there wasn't that in film and like it got me really frustrated so i was almost done and then you asked me to do work and i told you uh, you know maybe maybe and then I heard you shop it around for media guys, yeah. and then I was just like, "All right, I, got, I just." It was like get- a couple times because I asked because I'd asked Jack, I'd asked mm-hmm. you once, I'd asked you once, and we had just briefly talked about it, and then we had talked to I talked to Jack a little bit about it, and he, like, didn't really like I love Jack to death, but I like, didn't feel like he took action on it, and that's something I pay a lot of attention to yeah. when people are coming onto the team is like, do I have to force feed people? Because like I want people to be a little bit. I guess you would call them like self-starters. Like mm-hmm. I want to give somebody an idea and just let them run with it. Or I want to see if they'll, like I'll chase, but do you chase back? Mm-hmm. Right? Like do you, do you, are you willing to do the thing? And he never really chased back until it was like Nogi. When I offered Nogi, he was like, yeah, let's go. When can we start? You know? So maybe, he, I don't know, maybe I haven't spoke with him directly about film stuff. Maybe he felt was falling out of love with it as well. That's but, exactly what was happening because yeah. I, we talked about it before. Yeah, but when I approached you, you you chased and you were like, yeah, hey, like let me do something. Like I think I think we did like at first. You like do, let me do a couple things for free. Yeah, and then they were good, and I was like, hey, let's make this a thing. And then you're like, I'd rather do it. You know, we'll do it as like a beta test for a few months and just kind of see how it goes. Um, I mean, I mean, here we are. It seems yeah. to be working out pretty well. With um, with jujitsu though, like what landed you? Um, I was actually talking to to one of our clients today, and I was talking to him about like. <clears throat> what I see primarily when people come in here who like want to start jujitsu for you, like what was the reason grappling? I feel is an acquired taste for, for, for a lot of people like that. That's a taste that you clearly had. Why though? Like what brought you and draw you, drew you into this gym? We, we, we talked about it a little bit, uh, way earlier, but I can kind of uh, bring it up again. You said like there's people in the business that you called unicorns who just walk in they don't do much research. They just kind of walk in and step foot in and just go, "I want to train." When people sign up, we when people sign up with no contact before, they're unicorns. Yeah, because it's just not a typical thing. Yeah, yeah. And so it was kind of like that. Um, what had happened was, <laughs> I was really into UFC. So like Connor, I was like Connor era yeah. guy. Like you know, all the brash talk. He's just yeah. knocking people out, and I loved it. And then like, of course, when Connor came around, then all the grapplers started coming around, and mm-hmm. they started just mauling people. But from an outsider looking into like MMA, like it looks foreign, like alien. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, why don't they just stand up? <laughs> why are they rolling around with each other? <laughs> yeah, it's like, the, why do they even do that? It's yeah. boring. Yeah. Why would that work? You know, but like the concept of boxing or stand up fighting is sure. easy kind of to understand. Right. So you, basics of there's a hook, there's it's, there's, it's much more complicated mm-hmm. than that, but yeah. And so I just was like watching with my friends and they didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. And I was like, if I love this sport, why am I bashing like 50% of it? <laughs> and I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So I just decided I wanted to uh, try grappling just so I could understand the sport I loved. Mm-hmm. And then I just walked in the gym. And <laughs> also, I'll go a little bit further in something that sure. was pretty funny. Uh, I don't know if she'd like me telling the, the story, but <laughs> sure, I think it's cares? pretty, it's, it's funny. She so did, so knowing the show and like, I mean, I, I would hope by now from you being around me and dealing with me enough, like, yeah. It's it's a full bag of tricks all the time. Just like <laughs> you're looking under the dress all the time. We're good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think anybody who's around me knows that. Like, hey, we're not going to hide anything. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. So, uh, yeah. So, like, th- was mostly that's how I got into wanting to give it a try. The idea of grappling. Mm-hmm. But what had happened was I had a gym membership and I canceled it, saying I was going to go into a jujitsu gym. Mm-hmm. And then a month went by. Yeah, Another yeah. month went by. Oh, you were one of those, Keegan. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I I I was just standing in front of the mirror one day. And I'm, I'm like a, a skinny, skinnier guy, yeah. like, and I was a huge runner and swimmer. And uh, I asked uh, Alyssa, who I love very much, I go, I'm getting a little pudgy. And she looked at me and she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she always straight up, yeah. she's like, yeah, you're getting a little, little pudgy around yeah. the waist. And then immediately the next day I was on the mat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so can I tell you a quick story? So there's a, there's this entrepreneur guy that I follow. I get a lot of motivation and inspiration from him. His name's uh, Andy Elliott. And he, he tells this story about how, you know, he was like a car salesman. He had kind of lost his way. And, and I can find that even in my business life to where it's very easy to get in rhythm. Like you're like producing, you're making money, you're like changing lives, you're getting notoriety. And you can very easily like back up off of your health stuff a little bit. And he was telling this story about how he was making more money than he ever was. He was, his career accolades were higher than they've ever been. 
And then his wife like grabbed him by his love handles and said, we're getting a little comfortable, aren't we? <laughs> and he said he literally went, he, when he tells the story, he was like, I went out to my garage, I shaved my head and I started working out that day and he never stopped. And it's interesting when you see him because now he's this like, I have to show you a photo of him one day. But oh he's, yeah, I've seen him before. Uh, the guy's yeah, ripped. Just jacked out of his mind. He's super intense, but you, he'll show photos of himself in the past and he would like, he had gotten a dad bod, like legit. Yeah. So it's interesting to hear. I'd never heard that. How you, heard you tell that story before? Well, and uh, this is the thing. I I love her very much. Like yeah. you know, and love I, you, boo. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's part of the reasons why I do too. Sure. Is like, um, and it's not. It's I don't see it as a negative. Yeah. Uh, I asked a question. She gave me complete honesty. And you would want that. Yeah, yeah. I, and I don't want someone to tell to lie to me, and then I don't get better from it. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I get more comfortable. Like you sure, sure, sure. Like. You, I don't, you know. don't want that. And tying it back to jujitsu, I mean, comfort, like, you, you're trying to search out the uncomfortable to make it so you're almost, like, comfortable in the uncomfortable. Right. I love that. One, one person asked me on a, um, when I was doing a podcast interview, they asked me, like, what, what is jujitsu to me? Like, explain jujitsu. And I, they thought I was going to go, like, okay, so it's, like, this ground fighting martial art originated in Japan, was brought Like, I didn't go that route. I went the route of, like, jujitsu's truth. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, can you elaborate on me for, or, or elaborate uh, words, guys, sentences, elaborate for me on that. And I said, sure. I said, jujitsu tells me who a person is because, and we see even now at our gym, sometimes you'll see people that'll sit out from rolling. They'll shy away from some of the hard stuff. If they're struggling with the technique, they kind of get defeated. So it, it kind of shows you like the level of grit a person has and like really who they are on the mat. If they're aggressive, if they're like kind of a jerk on the mat, I would guarantee they have some of those tendencies or like some of those patterns in their life outside of here, if they're timid, if they're kind of scared of stuff, you, you can just see right through their stuff. And you see it a lot of times in the past where we'd have like tough guys that would run through here and like all of a sudden they're, they're kind of dodging people in roles and stuff like that. I mean, we've had conversations about people yeah. before. So it's like, for me, when I say jujitsu is truth is because it really shows me who a person is, what they're about and like what they believe. Um, and, and you can't hide. You're like found out. Mm-hmm. because You can't it, lie on that, Matt. No way. Because you will, you will be found out... You, even when we get people that come here that lie about their ranks and stuff like that, you get found out very quickly mm-hmm. because it's truth. Um, I also tell people that it's meditation because mm-hmm. like when you're on the mat, what are you thinking about? You can't think about it. Meditation is singular focus basically, right? So like you're thinking about like, why does Keegan got a hold of my lapel and wrap it around my leg? I need to figure out how to make that stop. Why does, you know, why does Cody have his hand around my neck like that? I've got to make him stop. This. So like, you're not thinking about anything else. So it's also yeah. meditation. Um, it kind of kind of bridges us into, you know, the, the the gym right now and kind of the direction we're heading. Well, actually, let's back up a little bit. So, you came. Gosh, we were probably open like four, five, six months at that point, right? It, it, it's so hard because <laughs> it's gone by so fast. But like, right? I, I was just talking to somebody earlier. I was like, dude, we've been open almost six years. That's crazy to yeah. me because I think when I came, uh, I I don't know how long you had been, guys have been open. But I remember it was around like, a year, if not if not six or seven months. Okay, yeah, yeah. and I and this is so bad because I think it was like in August when I started. I don't know because <laughs> time has just gone by. Yeah. Like people ask me how many years I've been training, and I'm like a lot. Four, five, <laughs> between four and six, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like so that's I mean, crazy. Time has flown by, and and even just today when I was talking about it with. Um, one of our guys, it was just like, gosh, we have been open for quite some time. So, you know, when we, so you kind of hit on something that, um, as far as like who we are serving as a gym, right? I had this belief and and we've talked about this to where when people come in here, they like, you didn't come in here to be a sport athlete, right? Like maybe in the back of your mind, but the immediate thing was like, you wanted to probably find some confidence and like lose some weight, get some fitness in, right? Is that fairly accurate? Honestly, I, Maybe it just makes, uh, like, it's, like, it's weird because there's so many reasons to try it that it wasn't just one. It Mm. was all the benefits of everything together. I think more of it was just curiosity and finding a new hobby. Yeah. You know? So, but what I'm getting to is, like, a lot of people are, like, basically a hobby. Very few people walk in here, like, wanting to be a sport person Mm. off the street. Yeah, true. And I think, you know, what what we've always tried to do and set out to do was to... To, to just be different. Like I had, you know, the gym I came up in, there were some qualities about, about it that I didn't love. There's, there's gyms in our local area that like, I don't love some of their qualities too. So my, my thought always in like leading this gym and going in any direction is like, I just want to do something that like, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel, but like 
like I created that gym and wanted to do that gym because there was, there was things that I wanted to do differently. And even sometimes over the years, like I've lost my way and had to kind of bring things back right now. We're really in a spot where like, I feel like we're going right back to where I want to be. You know what I mean? But as far as like, when you came in here, you didn't come in here for the reason to do sport. And I think that's what this gym started as is like, Hey, we want to come in here. A lot of us have lives that we come in here to find relaxation and to like feel like an athlete again and to kind of get after it and, and, even though I know you've done some competitions and stuff like that too, I feel like a lot of that was not centered around like sport. It was in here and just kind of like, like being, becoming Keegan 2.0 or, or like leveling up from where you were. Um, when you came in, like, what about the gym hooked you? Like, what about the gym or the art itself? Like made you feel like, Hey, this is where I'm going to be. Or were you just like a, I guess a good analogy, but like, are you a blind guy picking out your favorite, mo- your, your favorite pornographic film? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. It was, I don't want to like sure. try. I, I want to give people a realistic perspective of what it was like for me. So yeah. I'm not going to say I, I came in and I think I did abnormally well for someone who starts like, it was annoying. like i don't i like i was submitting people on my second day yeah and it's like and would you say that some of that was from like doing like watching a lot of ufc like you kind of learned stuff it was watching a lot of ufc and i think it was also helpful that because the gym was so young it was a lot of new people so it was a lot of people around my level and stuff and like around my size and so i remember uh i didn't even I have only seen what a guillotine was, but I had guillotined someone on my sec- on, on my second day. I didn't even know the mechanics, and I kamoured someone, you know. And Good it, times, <laughs> yeah. And it's just like so. Maybe this is my psycho energy, but getting that submission was what hooked me. Was winning, honestly. There, there, but I then I learned to love it. I don't care what any jujitsu person says. When somebody's body goes limp, and you, there's this <laughs> moment, this transfer of like, I feel like, I, guys, I'm not an egomaniac, but everybody, everybody who does jujitsu knows exactly what I mean. When a person is like fighting something, and then they stop fighting, and you know the next thing that's coming is a tap. There's a level of like, yeah, like yeah. the the submission energy. Just you can feel that it's like the room shifts when that person's like, okay, I'm fighting, I'm getting out of this. No, I'm not. Okay, get off of me. What I've been doing recently. And this might be psychotic, but I know I feel that. <laughs> Dude, all and I immediately think you're a psycho. And then I, <laughs> everyone already does at the gym. So I'll get to the, the submission and I'll feel the, what you're talking about and then I'll just let go. Oh. And then, and then if they I'd be go, mad like, if you did that to me, I'd be like, oh, come on. But, but Give let, me the death I'm seeking. Yeah. <laughs> I go like, and then usually it's not a tap, but I'll look at them and just be like, you know. I'm like, <laughs> we can, worse. we can reset now. That's worse, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's uh, guy, we're, we're <laughs> <a> pass. Um, <laughs> so, you know, for this gym, like I, like that, to me, that's fun. Like, that's just, you know, people come in here and like exercising that like primal side of themselves. Um, so I'd be kind of liking that, that, you know, we started from there and then I think we got into kind of this weird realm for a little bit where, you know, we, there were a few people competing, but it seemed like there was this big push to compete and we were going to a lot of competitions and stuff like that. And then like when COVID hit, to me that showed like a big chink in our armor, right? Because like, I mean, our entire community was dismantled then, right? And then when we came back and we opened up after after COVID and we've kind of been building back since then, I feel like we've slowly, now I believe we have like our core people or there's like a solid group of like 10 of us, I think that are like not going anywhere more than likely, like pretty happy with what we're doing. We have good rhythm. And then um, I think now people are, especially within the past few months, are like starting to stick to that that core group, which is kind of what you get or what, what we've been kind of searching for. Um, so something we've done recently was we, you know, we've kind of implemented this this curriculum thing to where we've all kind kind of uh, have like come together. Like, why do you think that's been so so good for us so far? I know we're kind of like in the preemptive stages right now, but I like that when I watch. Jack teach no gi it's the same thing or it's around the same realm of like what I'm going to show in gi you and him were kind of masterminding the other day like different ways and entries that you guys are going to show for leg entanglements and stuff when we go into that stuff next week so it's like it's cool to watch and again like I know you know this but just to kind of tell the listeners like so there's typically in like a jujitsu gym there's like a black belt or like a head person and that person is the one that's like the um He's like the knowledge broker. Like he has all the information. He's the one that kind of shares and he's the one that like will make sure that everybody is showing the techniques the way he wants them. Whereas like 
you know, in our black belt, Sean, he's, he's fantastic. And he leads that way. I think as the gym is growing and moving forward and when, um, I'm kind of giving like, you know, cause I own the gym, but we let Sean kind of, he's, he has the discretion to lead us in the curriculum, wherever he wants to go. I gave him that ability. I don't tell him what to do or anything like that, but right now he's wrestling. So we're kind of testing out what it would look like for rather than me being like the black belt with all the information, which is not true. I do not believe I have all the, all the information. Now I look at myself more as like the facilitator of our mastermind and we can all have a conversation because, you know, there's these elements that I believe in a person's jujitsu journey and and feel free to kind of like add into this. But like, I think as a jujitsu practitioner, there is a level of like, you're learning what the coach is teaching, right? Then there's things that you kind of figure out on the mat as you're doing things, but there's like a huge component. And one that I feel like you guys have always excelled at is like the self-study component, which is, used to be something that a lot of guys would poo-poo on and would say that it's not a good, those are YouTube moves. It's proven that it just works now. Yeah, man. It's and, just been proven it and works. And so like with, with, you know, we were talking about Jiu-Jitsu X earlier. We were talking about BJJ Fanatics. We were talking about all these like these, these, uh, these organizations that have created these vast libraries of instructionals and like, you know, people feel a certain way about instructionals, but how is that any different than going to a seminar and like going to a Donaher seminar and just sitting there and getting to learn everything about a particular series? That's no different than an instructional. And I think like now it's like at your fingertips, you can yeah. download it instantly. Like I think with y'all self-study and um, I feel like I have a good job at like funneling kind of an overall thought and how it looks for the business and the community and the brand and stuff like that. Like, I feel like we're going to be in a really good place when, you know, Sean hands the reins to us, you know, fully. Like, I think that's going to be fantastic. Um, How do you feel about like what we've been doing recently? Like, what would you add into that as far as like thoughts are concerned? Um, I really, uh, I'm going to put my bias, try and put my bias aside, but, um, but that's going to be impossible because sure. I really do love it. Like, yeah. um, and it's not just because it might be because does it give you ownership as far as like being on the team? Like, because you, yeah, you do media, yeah. but like you're, I think another huge component is like now you're coaching on the jujitsu mat. Like, does that give you ownership? I guess. Yeah, and I, I think that's part of it too. You know, I think part of it is that feeling of like being heard. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, like I, I was still getting gratification coming to class and everything and sure. grappling. Just, oh, yeah, me too. You, just being a student and learning. Um, Sean did so much for my jiu-jitsu game and will no. continue to do so for, even, he, you know, he whispered in my ear when he gave me my stripes that six months was what he said. Basically, I think he was just trying to say like in six months, you know, you should promote and he's like, then I'll retire. Like, I don't want him to retire. Like, yeah. I want to, I even, I texted him this morning and said, hey, do you want to come train this weekend or uh, or when you're on Christmas break and he sent me some dates that he could do it and stuff like that. We were even talking about taking a trip out to Arthur's, yeah. which obviously I would hope you would come to that oh, too. Oh, I'd but, love to. Um, like, but I think that the interesting part is like, you know, you guys now, I feel like my superpower always as a leader is like giving people like delegating and delegating and elevating people into power positions to like help move things faster. And I think like we're doing that on jujitsu now. Yeah, no, the, the, the way we've been doing it so far, I really like it. And I think it's pretty exciting. And I really like to see all the different angles Mm -hmm. that like your game is different than mine. Sure. Jack's game is different than mine. You know, Will plays a whole different game. He hasn't been adding to the curriculum, but I feel like he's the best representative of the jujitsu. Pure blood. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I don't even think he does self-study. No, he doesn't. And so, (laughs) so (laughs) it's so annoying because whenever I, what I say, what the gym is, I point at Will. Like uh, he is our curriculum, like from the very beginning. Like I agree with that. Because he do, he didn't do self-study. I mean, the stuff he might have taken is stuff that me or Jack probably studied at home, brought to him, yeah. tried to beat him with it. And then and he uh, figured it out. And he figured it out. Like, he's going leg locks now, but, like... <laughs> and now I got to worry about him falling on my legs. Yeah. It's so, so, such a pain in the butt. <laughs> well, um, no, I really like the hive man, mind um, uh, way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, trying not to be biased about it, but I think it's the best way to teach. And... Um, and the best way to develop a curriculum. It's hard not to... Um, I don't... I, sorry, one more thing. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't see how you can have a complete system or a curriculum with only one person because I, I know my own gaps. Like, you don't know what you don't know, right? And I was thinking about it uh, even today. Like, um, if you, at, you look at a curriculum and you ask me to t- teach certain things, there's some things that I'm going to be like, I'm not the most confident teaching that because I pass differently than Cody mm-hmm. or like say if we're in half guard, I do half guard differently. So if you want it taught a certain way, you have to teach it that way sure. because mine is going to be, it's going to be inferior passing my way. But if you tried to pass my way, 
it would be inferior than my teaching. Correct. I think, I think something, one of the, the biggest fallacies, like I don't know everything about jujitsu. I don't know anybody that does. Anybody that claims to know everything about jujitsu, I just feel is being ignorant. But I will tell you that um, like there's no one way to do most things, right? There's always, there's always these tweaks that I'm picking up. There's always these things. Like I get so much from like watching like Sean when he'll show a move. I get sometimes... I get things from him just in watching his mechanics of his body move and less about the, the exact points he's talking about, mm-hmm. right? Like when he first came here and he started rolling, I noticed how low he stayed as he passed guard. And he didn't say that. He didn't talk a lot about that. He did eventually later. But like when he first came here, he didn't speak a lot about it, but I watched it. And then as I started to do it and put my head in people's chest when I was passing, I was just like, nobody said that to me before, you know? So like, I think a lot of... Something I will never do as a leader is I will never claim to know everything. I will never shut down ideas. I would only, if I think something's a really bad idea, I would ask questions to try to get that person to see what I'm seeing. Um, But I generally won't like shut somebody down. And I think that like, like I I just think it's very naive because in any other realm of the world, like the, the, the fitness side here, right? Like any, you know, groups that I've been a part of, it's never generally one person who is like with all the ideas, like this gym could have never grown had I not brought in the minds of like the 10 other people on the team, even now with some of our content stuff, like there's only so much time that I can, I can put into like thinking about things. And now that I can put up a thought and you'll take it and you'll run with it, or you'll bring an edge to it that I've never seen. And it seems like sometimes like you and I can get talking about something and it gets my ideas going. And I'm pretty sure it's vice versa too. Like that's just super powerful. So like why would any gym jujitsu, like, like literally any gym that is a martial arts facing style gym, like why would they not bring these brilliant mind, young minds together that are open to it's like even still I'm closed off to like certain ideas, but I try to realize when I'm being biased and to try to like, okay, well, let's explore that a little bit. Let's bring that in because like you, you, the new minds that are probably way hungry than this 10 year jujitsu mind is like, why would I not take from that some? Well, know? and I, I even find myself, even though like I, I find myself even jaded about yeah. some jujitsu, but y- yeah. you always kind of have to remind yourself like, you know that that works for some people. Like, sure. I'm not. And when the you're p- teaching, you're not teaching the jujitsu you want. You're yeah. like, I got, I got, you know, a hundred people that I got to worry about. Like, how is their jujitsu improving? Yeah, which is a different lens. Wh- which I was gonna say something. You know what's so crazy is sometimes when you're talking about Sean Rowling, the idea that sometimes you don't even realize what you're, why it's working, mm-hmm. even when you're doing it. Like what, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that whole concept of keeping your hips low and the head in the chest, like he just does that naturally. So he doesn't think about it as about a it. detail. No, like he, he'll bring it up. Like he brought it up later, but initially he didn't like, I'm sure there's stuff in not my game. I don't even realize I do when I'm trying to teach someone how to do something. Yeah, yeah. I go, uh, and then they might mention it later and I'll be like, I do do that. Like yeah. there was a, there's a thing I was doing with the, the gosh, what we're doing. It was, I called the mission control step up when you're clearing the knee shield. Um, um, you put it between your legs. Yeah, and you step up and you drop back down. But I didn't realize it when I was dropping back down um, that I wasn't just, like, I wasn't clearing the space with just my elbow, but I was dropping my shoulder in. Yeah. And then as I would work my way up, I would sneak my knee in to close the space. I didn't talk about that when I first showed it. But then when I did it, I was like, hey, guys, and, and I try to be very good about, like, hey, missed the detail when I did this a second ago, and I'll bring everybody back out. And I'll say, like, hey, as I was climbing the body, make sure to get that knee into that inside space so you prevent the knee or the, the elbow escape and stuff like that. But that happens to me all the time. And I, I don't, like, does that happen to you when you're teaching fundamentals? You're like, hey, I forgot this detail. Like, Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, and I, I, I'm, right now, I'm actually have a question about it sure. with you. Um, like, there are some people that coach a certain way and they're very strict about do you do it this way mm-hmm. because that's the way they know it works. Even though they're, like you said, there's not like, there's multiple ways to do things, not just one way. Mm-hmm. When you're coaching, is it better to establish to the student that this is the way I'd prefer you to do it? Or is it better to say there's a bunch of different ways to do it or do they get overwhelmed by that? My blanket way of most of the time when I show things and, and, and I've done it a ton within the past few months, is I'll say, like, understand that everything works and everything doesn't work. I'm showing you this sequence because this is something you could see. This is something I've seen. Um, so I, to answer your question, I think, I think it's okay to give them one pattern that you think will work well for them because they, they, don't, know, like they, they don't know enough 
like rather than saying like, Hey, there's 15 different ways to do something. It could overwhelm them. But yeah. I, I always want to put the, it's like a little disclaimer of like, Hey, I'm going to show you this way. And I even say sometimes like, if you go look up this on the internet, there'll be 10 different videos about how to do this differently. Yep. But like, this is the way I'm showing you because you know, this, this fits the group or something like that. So you could say something to the tune of like, um, and this is for any coaches out here listening, like. Uh, if you teach, if you teach jujitsu, you teach grappling, you teach fitness, there's generally not one way to do most things because every person will hear you different. Every person will understand coaching a different way. Some people get something verbally, some people get something visually, some people you actually got to move them. Like some of those new students that we have on the side that are teenagers, yeah. like I've just got to put them in position sometimes because mm-hmm. I yeah. can't tell them, I can't show them. I got to literally tactilely do that. Yeah. So to answer your question, I think it's okay to say, this is how I want you to do it now. But like, be very careful in laying the groundwork of like, yeah. but there's 400 different ways in how to do this as well. In most situations. Now, obviously there's like, there's some things with like subs and stuff like that. Or like, you know, an arm bar, there has to be some sort of like pinch to create a fulcrum in the arm. And like, you know what I mean? Like there is that, but like, I don't know if you, if you're extending the elbow and you're, you're tight on the shoulder, could an arm extend enough to get a tap? Probably. Well, yeah. that's well, that's where I'm at with <laughs> with, with the class the other yeah. day. Like, um, I was teaching how to finish an arm bar, and like, I, I like I showed them the basic way, and then someone asked something. I forget what they asked, but at the end of the day, I told them, "I'm like, guys, like I've finished arm bars in very weird positions <laughs> with your legs crossed when everybody says not to." You know? Well, <laughs> you know the arm triangle position. Yeah, I yeah. finished an arm bar from there with yeah. using my head and my elbow. Just yeah. And it's like I've had somebody's arm going across my leg, just pushing down because their thumb was up. Just like, and I'll like look at him, like, huh? Okay. (laughs) It's like uh, one of them. Like I've literally just palmed the back of the elbow and pushed. Yeah, armbar. Yeah, like so. It's it's so hard sometimes because they ask you this question, like, is this the only place you can get this from? It's like, no, no. There's like, you'll you'll discover them as you go. Mm -hmm. It's good because it it gives them. so that's my qualm with the like ecological stuff right now is that they're like, if I could like for me, I love reading. I love listening to podcasts. I love going to seminars. I love just it, people who have information for me that is already grouped together because I, I call it time traveling. Like mm-hmm. if I go read a book of this guy who made mistakes for 50 years and then I go le- learn his information, like I have effectively time traveled through all of his mistakes and got to like the better side of things. That's why I'm like so pro coaching with like nutrition and with like, like right now I'm part of a, a coaching group for my gym called Gym Launch. It's just they've, they have gyms doing what I want to do and have made all the mistakes. I'm paying for their mistakes basically. Same thing with instructionals. Like those, those guys who throw these series together, they've just done moves a thousand gazillion times the wrong way and they know some ways that work well so like why not pay them for their time and their their issues so um with all that being said like if if like ecological guys are like well i do agree that when it comes to learning it is better if you learn something yourself versus me telling you exactly what to do but in some situations if I can skip like three months of really screwing something up to get like one little nugget, like right now, so our curriculum right now, guys, that we're doing at the gym that we've kind of decided on is we generally will do like a series or a focus for two weeks. And for us, you know, we have two like all level sessions, uh, both no gi and, and gi each week. So people can have, you know, up to eight total like looks at something, right? Mainly people get about four. So the first week and a half is generally like we're showing the techniques and the specific things and we'll mix in some drills and some positional sparring. But now, <clears throat> like today is, is day four of the series, we're going to do a full ecological slash like constraints-based training day. But why I think that is powerful for us is, and I was thinking about this a little bit this morning, like you know, when we were doing triangles, we did triangles for, we did a lot of triangles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like people were probably getting sick of it. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, they knew that freaking triangle. Dude, right? their triangles are probably so much better. You have to force people in those positions. Right, right. So like they, they, I think when you're starting to get sick of something, to me, it's like if somebody, uh, there's a guy that I like named Grant Cardone. He says that when somebody unsubscribes to his newsletter or unfollows him, he says he believes that that person knows him like they, they, they know about him enough to not want to listen to him anymore. And to me, what I got from that is he's like, okay, like that person knows my name. Yeah. They'll remember me when they need some information. Right. So for me, it's like, if people start to hate, start to hate that move just enough, 
you've got it. It's in your brain. You're, you're doing half guard passes in your sleep, right? So tonight yeah. when people come in and we're doing drilling, um, I feel very strongly that most of them have a very good understanding of how to pass from the half guard. And they're like probably jonesing from some new information next week. And yeah. Probably by the end of, you know, day four of leg entanglements, you're like, oh my gosh, do I got to see this straight ankle anymore? Do I got to see yeah. this heel hook? But I tell you what, that leg entanglements be something all of us will think a little bit, bit, a little bit more about when we're stuck in it with people maybe we used to not respect their leg entanglement game. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I hope not. <laughs> I, look, I'm going to show you this stuff, guys, but I need you to forget. By the please end of this erase your mind after because this is all I got. Yeah, yeah. Please just forget about it. I, um, I do have, like, I. sorry, but, like, I got to at least say, like, I'm not trying to go off on a tangent. Maybe I am, but, like, I maybe I'm qualified as an ecological hater. <laughs> I think if there's anybody that, because, um, so you guys, so, so for those of you who don't know, um, if you don't come to this podcast through the, like the lens of like, you know, a jujitsu practitioner. So ecological, the ecological approach to coaching right now is this understanding that, you know, I believe if I forgive me, if I'm misquoting, if you don't butcher me in the comments out there, but um, my understanding of it is like ecology is like basically how the body kind of moves in, in like different environments. Right. And, and how we learn in those environments. And sometimes we learn based off of the, the types of situations that we're in. So the ecological approach to coaching is actually a way that people are teaching jujitsu now where they actually don't show techniques. Instead, they give you kind of, my understanding of it is they kind of give you tasks to perform in an environment or a particular situation. So like, whereas like if we're showing, you know, something from a game too. Yeah, in a game, and they gamify it. So to to use stand up because I find that's probably the easiest way to explain it is like you know in stand up, they might rather than teaching a single leg takedown and all the steps and stuff like that and the variance inside of that because like again there's so many variants in most things. Hence why we were just saying like there's, you know everything works and everything doesn't work. Instead of saying like hey, you know here's the step A B C D to a single leg takedown. Okay, here's the here's the ecological approach. You're gonna start by holding your partner's leg. Your job is to get their butt to the mat. Sounds simple enough, right? Where that becomes a problem is where there's intricacies yeah. and you like yeah. and there 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 is, you know, less variance and sometimes it's easier just to say like, well, just put your leg there. You know, that's cause you just you just do that, you know, yeah. because it's gonna help you to finish the thing. So um I think there my belief on it currently, and I think Keegan's Keegan's belief will differ slightly or <laughs> he's controlling his jadedness a little bit. Cause we, we have one of our guys here at the gym is like all sold on ecological. I and, love you, Travis. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I was too, like I was initially when I first saw it, but as I started implementing some of it, I was like, man, there's some pieces missing. And I think just because like, I don't think there's one way to do jujitsu. I also believe there's not one way to teach jujitsu, but I do think there's something in it that is helpful to the environment given kind of what I just said a second ago, if you've got, if you've done some repetitions, now you get a lot of live resistance, yeah. that's probably a good idea. Or in my opinion, it will, like if there, I, I believe most things are like from right to wrong, it's like a sliding scale. I believe that is more right than it is wrong. Is it all the way right? Probably not. But if no, we were sliding yeah. scale, it's sliding towards right. So um, anyways, go into why you are so jaded uh, when it comes to it. I, I This is the thing, it's like, uh, it's it's weird because I just think we've already, we already know what makes you good at jujitsu. Mm -hmm. And to me, I feel like people are talking about ecological, like it's super new and I don't think it's necessarily a new thing. And I think we already had names for it. It's just, <laughs> positional sparring. It's just All the ecological guys are and ecological guys are like striking us down. Oh right dude. Like, they're poking our voodoo dolls with, some, with the, you know, pins and stuff. Like <laughs> uh, trust me. I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it every day I get yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, I I just um, I I understand where it's coming from, and I was I'm one of these people that kind of agrees that the best ideas are ones you naturally come up with mm -hmm. on your own. How you have to solve the problem. Sure. That's the best way to learn. It yeah. is the best way to learn, and to be put in those positions. But I still think guidance and t there's a place for guidance and technique. Like, yeah. and I a lot of people say like, oh, studies show that. Uh, drilling doesn't actually help you, yeah. but I have heard, heard the complete opposite. It's like when learning music, you don't just throw someone on a, a piano. You just figure it out. And figure it out. Right. No, they do reps and reps and reps. They rep the song. They mm -hmm. rep the song. Musicians, that's what they do. And, you know, even 
lifting weights. It's like if you trust me, if you tried to get me to do a deadlift and you showed me what a deadlift was and then just said do it, I'd probably blow my back out. Yeah, yeah. Your your disc would shoot and bounce around the after <laughs> at the gym. Just ping, 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 ping. <laughs> yeah, and so that's just my problem with it. And I feel like um we we're trying to reinvent the wheel, I guess, yeah. but we already have the system for what it works. And yeah. Danaher, all these guys have been doing it forever and we just are trying to find a new thing. Mm-hmm. But like the thing's there, just technique, going over good technique, being systematic about that technique and then testing it. Yes. Uh, but agree. the testing, uh, I'm not going to take away that the testing is the most important part. Like the, the positional is the most important part of it. I'm not taking that away. Sure. But doing a complete lesson on just the the testing, like in live, uh, I don't see how that works. Yeah. Personally. I think I think what I've seen with it so far as I've used it, uh, w- one game that I found it was like, you know, so we use it with our children a lot. And in some situations, it allows them... Oh, can I say, actually, I, I yeah. will agree with you about the kids, though. Oh, the kids have been great. The kids, like, it's perfect for kids. Oh, my gosh. We were trying to show... Um, <laughs> I, if, if there's any about anybody out there in the world that has an amazing kids program, I, I just feel like sometimes our, our children, you know, people bring their kids to us because they're uncoordinated, they're not athletic, things like that, right? You should be, be in a jiu-jitsu gym. Then, then we try to show them these highly athletic, highly technical things. Like a lot of gyms will just kind of splinter off, you know, what they're showing their adults or their kids. And we've done that in the past too, but now they have their own curriculum that rotates a lot like our fundamentals program does. And, um, you know, we were showing armbar the other day and just trying to show them a very simple transition, bottom partner, turn to your side, switch the technical mount, push the face step over, right? Super, in my brain, very simple. And it was like, I couldn't get the kids on the bottom to turn the right way or to turn, or, you know, a, 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 the bottom partner would turn and they would pick up the wrong knee off the ground instead of the knee on the side where the partner t- faced, right? So we, we tried to correct that a bunch of times. So then um, on Tuesday, we started them in the armbar finish let them hold that position under control. Then we had them work to a finish with it, with control, right? Not just laying back, snapping their partner's arm, just nice, slow control. And then we said, okay, start and mount, move to the arm bar. Everybody was doing the arm bar. So it was like, I didn't give them any S mount and do anything. They were just like pushing the face, extending the arm. So that was interesting for them. Another draw I've seen go really well is like, if you want to teach the kids to play like the butterfly, like butterfly uh, hooks with their legs, you know, we've done it with the adults before to where I say, hey, I want you to finish, you know, bottom partner, your supine, top partner, your standing, bottom partner, your job is to hook both feet on the back of your partner's thighs, grabbing the ankles, mm-hmm. right? Just stop there. So when we did that, I was like, man, the kids are playing freaking butterfly guard, you know? So like that has been, as far as I'm concerned, like a task-based, like restraint-based, ecological style approach for the kids in most situations has gone really, really good. And I think there's some of that with the adults too. Like, you know, like tonight we're going to play um, we're going to play a game where it's like, hey, we're just beating the knee shield. Then we're going to play a game where we're chest on chest, finish the pass. Then we're going to play a game where, like, I want you to initiate a half guard and then try to work to the pass. And maybe I'll go from mount position with an arm triangle trap, work to arm triangle. So it's like I've added – they've learned all of this stuff now. Now let's play the game. And the way that I did it with the daytime session today was I said designated winner in the beginning. After one or two finishes or passes have been made, increase resistance. So it's like, okay, like, you know, such and such made their pass once or twice. Okay, cool. Now we're going to pick it up a little bit. So like then it enhanced like the resistance and they went to like full live rather than just like 150% from the very beginning. And I think like that, that today went really, really well. And everybody from, you know, the Mrs. Julie's to the Tony's and Travis all got something out of that session. But they've also learned half guard for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But And that that led to it. Um, I will say too, like... um, Starting in knee, against a knee shield for how long you want it sounds like my personal hell. So, I'm yeah. kinda <laughs> <laughs> so, so then there's that, right? Like, you know, um, I think a common thing, you know, Travis actually gave me a good, a good piece of advice a few weeks ago. Is like I had created a game and he said, hey, you, you know, if you added to this game that the bottom partner couldn't sweep, that would give the top partner some more time to work and the bottom and the the bottom partner would have to actually wade in a position they don't like mm-hmm. to be in. Yeah. And, I, and I've shared with, with Keegan a number of times that when somebody's on my back, in the past, maybe not so much now because I found myself there a lot, but like in the past, if somebody got on my back, I was instantly vulnerable because that was never in my sequence of a role. Mm-hmm. I just would never allow somebody to get to my back. But if somebody did, I was in trouble all of a sudden, right? Like I think you got me from my back, Jack's choked me before from my back, and they're like, which is great, it's a learning experience. But at the same time, I was like, well, you deserve that because you never put yourself there. So today, it's gonna be, hey, you're starting in half guard, bottom partner, you cannot sweep. 
you have to stay there and you have to hand fight and you have to try to win the underhook battle and you have to try to maintain your shield. If you get past, oh, well, like, so what? You know, you're going to learn, but now you're going to be in a position that, like, maybe you try to avoid, like, the plague, like you mentioned, like, so we're going to put everybody in their personal hell for a little bit. And and I just have to believe that, like, having gone through all this technique for two weeks, like, you're going to get better because of that. Yeah. So. Yeah, you got to force yourself where you don't want to be. I mean, like, and that's what's so annoying is I, uh, I still think that's necessary for, like, classes mm-hmm. like your job should be kind of to assign homework i think sometimes it's like you have to you have to start this way mm-hmm. you have to start him back even though it stinks we know it's what you have to work on mm-hmm. and, I, and i'd like to believe that people that are so keegan and i've talked about this a ton so the way that we approach kind of planning curriculum and like our approach to like the feel of the gym is the the little kids we we call them our little champions they are for me like i want them to play i want them to have a good mm-hmm. time and maybe learn a technique or two because i you're i'm just not trying to create a 5 year old world champion i yeah. just don't care right i want them to like like jiu jitsu when they're mm-hmm. 16 right when it really matters so for them it's a lot of games then we got our junior champions which is the the little bit older kids their stuff is like game based with a little bit of technical coaching but for them, majority of them don't care about any sort of like sport or competition position. So I'm not teaching them spider guard. I'm not teaching them some of the more like intricate stuff, but I'm teaching them things that most closely resemble like self-defense situations and a little bit of like submissions and stuff like that. And even when you watch like kids competition, like they're so, not, they're not grabbing. And they're throwing on a headlock, you know, <laughs> yeah. like all the things they shouldn't do. Right. Yeah. So, and then our fundamentals group for our adults, that program is based mostly around like we, we, very much kind of played on the back of like, you know, the, we're standing on the shoulders of giants. Like the, the Gracie family, in my opinion, has the most robust, like self-defense program that you can show, um, to a person. But it also, like when people come into jujitsu, there's this kind of elitist attitude to like, you know, you know, you just, you're just not going to hack it if you're not tough. But it's like the whole art was like created for people who weren't tough. So here we are eliminating the art from the people that needed it the most. So for us, our fundamentals program is centered around like a soft landing for people, like get them to like jujitsu and grappling so that later on we can show them how to give somebody the shoulder of justice and freaking send it on them. You know what I mean? Well, you gotta be honest. Like, like I was a elitist, but then, you know, you get involved it's a business first. You can't, you don't have the mat if there isn't a business part. You, it sure just not. doesn't exist. You don't have the art. You don't have the hobby as long as it is a business. Even like we can take it all the way back to like UFC. It, that was all a business ploy to get mm-hmm. jujitsu to the masses. Yep. So it's like, it's business first. So it's like, if you really want people in here training, you really want bodies, you got to at least do something to build the business. And if that is making a soft landing for fundamentals, so I get, in a psycho way, more toys to play with when I'm rolling. (laughs) But like, I want more faces. I want a bigger community, like make a better business. And by making the self-defense fundamentals, Mm. you, you're doing that. Trying to. And and I think, I think like, um, if, if you look at any, if you look at most of the large conglomerate gyms that have like a very robust business that are paying their coaches well, they have nice facilities, all that kind of stuff. Like those people generally, have a softer landing for the new faces. <clears throat> sure, there are gyms out there with the cracked mats and like, you know, the paint chip walls and like the real grody training partners that are doing well at a high level, but that gym owner is, you know, not paying the not paying his team. He's also probably has a full-time job, which means he's kind of playing the game between like being a jiu-jitsu coach and, you know, doing some other like career. Whereas like what I'm trying to do is like everybody here eventually will be paid and will be paid well. We're going to keep and continue to have an amazing facility. We're going to continue to like make sure that we're not giving freaking people skin issues all the time because our mats are grody and nasty. I'm going to ask people to wear nice geese. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's always going to be something we're going to do because I would like to have a nice, large, robust gym with a lot of people learning jiu-jitsu. And I care a little bit less about people competing. Not that I'm like... You Again, don't have to pick either. You you can get what you want, I believe, with, with what we do. You can come in and do, if you want to compete, there's avenues for that. We teach some sports stuff in the all-level session. You know, Sean teaches a lot of it when he's, you know, when he's leading to. And, like, if you want to come here and you want to learn self-defense and you want to know how to, you know, show your wife cool choke moves or something like that, you're going to get that from combatives, you know, which is kind of what I'm kind of, that's the way that I will drive this thing and where I see us continuing to move towards. Well, and I, I, I feel like you, you're explaining it, like, too, is, like, 
it's always this common like like ick from purist i guess is like because they don't think you can have killers in the same room you can have killers and hobbyists in the same room like are they going to totally roll together all the time probably, probably not, not. Probably but not. but like you see um everyone trashes Ga- gracie baja i mean i have my own kind of problems with them too sure. sometimes i think it's a little weird but at the same time they have high-level competitors, and they have a successful gym, and they have good competitors. And Not like, a successful gym. No. Yeah. Across it, the country. Yeah. You know. Like, they have a good business model. That people are happy with the product. So it's like, why, do, why should I knock them? One of my mentors one time, he says, success leaves clues. So yeah. when, I, when I look around, you know me, when I'm sending you like content ideas, I'm looking at people that are ahead of me because they have success and they are leaving clues out there in the ether for us to take and to learn and to create and create something uniquely our our own out of these things and like uh to, there, there's a there's a guy named russell brunson that he teaches this thing called funnel hacking which is basically like he teaches people to go through people's like sales funnels online where people selling stuff and like hack the way that they say things, how they present an offer, like pricing models and stuff like that. And like, I've just taken that for years and I just hack what everybody's doing. And I think like, if you look at like Gracie Baja, they have all of their, I, I, I mean, have you ever heard of a Gracie Baja failing? Like I haven't, like those gyms always end up being one of the bigger gyms. They have the, the highest percentage of people at competitions generally, like Alianza is another good one. So like, I look at these gyms and it's like, I'm like, I poo poo on them. Like, their gyms have stood the test of time where I've watched multiple gyms fail who made fun of them, you know? So like, I'm just not about that life. Um, but Keegan, we are running short on time. Um, any, any final parting information or things you would like to leave the people out there? No good ideas. No good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll if anything I say within a short period of time is usually going to come off as a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Uh, well, thank you for coming on the show today. I appreciate you, man. Um, you guys, thank you for listening. If you are in the local like Kitsap County area and you'd like to come and, and learn about this grappling thing that we're talking about, you can check us out online at virtuousgrappling.com. You can also hit up our Instagram and look at some of the amazing content that my man Keegan makes over here. We are at Virtuous Grappling. And then, if, as always, if you're looking to look at the gym stuff, you can check out Virtuous Fitness, WA, and Virtuous Fitness ID on Instagram. And uh, Keegan, where can people come and, and check out? I know you're slacking on some of your content you post every now and then. He's too busy making content for the gym here to do on his own sometimes. But Keegan, where can people come and learn more about you? Um, yeah, just uh, go to my Instagram. It's keggersww. Uh, like okay. it's pretty I'll, simple. And I'll put it in the notes as well. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. But uh, Keegan, thank you for coming on the show today. You guys, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Virtuous Coach Podcast. Please leave a rating and review on the platform you are listening to if you enjoyed the show. This helps us to grow and reach more people with the intent of helping people grow through the Create Yourself mindset. See you on the next episode.